The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Stand up on your feet if you're able to. You're thinking, man, if that's a pony motor, oh my goodness. <laughs> Mark 11. Uh, find verse 20. And if you could give me a, a bunch more monitor, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. I'm enjoying our new sound system. I hope you are. We took an offering for that, and we're about an eighth of the way there. So if you feel moved to, to give into that, then we'll receive it. Amen. So I just preached. Uh, you may be seated. On Wednesday, if you weren't here, you'd, you'd want to go ahead and get the message, I'm told. Um, I preached this text. So when they came to Jerusalem, Jesus went to the temple. This is verse 15 of Mark 11. And he began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers. We talked about this on Wednesday. Had a powerful time in the spirit. Israel had had its worship perverted. There were money changers. They were ordained really by the Lord. People would travel to the temple from nations around the world, really. And they would exchange their money. If you travel to another country right now, um, you, you might need to exchange your money to get whatever currency is in that country. And you'd hope for a good exchange rate. There's people that make lots of money based on exchange rates and trading monies at the right time. And so these were money changers exchanging money for temple currency so people could then go and buy doves or whatever sacrifice they were going to give at the temple. And these particular money changers were greedy and they were ripping people off. They were getting a bad exchange rate. And so the worshipers would come and they would get a bad exchange rate. This is just history in the time of Jesus. And it really ticked off the Lord. You don't want to tick him off. Amen. He overturned the tables of the money changers. So you can imagine what that was like. He turns his thousands of people. He's flipping over tables. Now money's going everywhere. Changes. Coins are hitting the hitting the, the, the floor there, and, and people are diving, but ripping off the money changers. There's total mayhem once he begins to do that. Flipped over the tables of money changers, and the seats of those who sold doves. The seats of those who sold doves. On Wednesday, we did a, just a brief look at the meaning of the dove, taking really the law of first reference all the way back to Noah. It's the first mention of a dove that was sent through the Zohar or the, the window that's in the top of the ark. We talked about the ark was a box. It wasn't a boat. 
It's an ark. Boats have rudders. Boats have sails. Boats have motors. How many of you know he didn't have a motor? Now, the thing was picked up by God, moved by God. In fact, God, God shut the door on him because he knew that, that Noah couldn't. So Noah was shut in by the Lord. And the, when the wind blew and, the, and it rained, they'd never seen rain before, the water rose. This vessel was moved to and fro by the very hand of God as waves came upon it. The design was given by the Lord. You can go into cathedrals and uh, buildings in Europe and different places where there's incredible stained glass. You can look at uh, art that's been done and you see these amazing uh, works of art where Noah is receiving the plans of how to make the ark. The ark is a miniature of of the tabernacle of Moses. Uh, Even by dimension, you can look into that. There's many people that have you know, looked at the numbers and and, and saw that this is like a miniature ark. The bottom uh, miniature tabernacle, pardon me. So the ark is a miniature, really, even by dimensions of the tabernacle of Moses. We talked all about this on Wednesday. The message is online. That you've got the bottom level of the ark where the animals were, mid-level. The mid-level there was food and animals. Top level is where Noah was, and up on the top of his is a door or a, a window. And, uh, and it probably had a flat roof also. And you can look at it and study it, but a dove was sent out and a raven was sent out. I said on Wednesday to offend those who were offendable. There's two kinds of Christians. There's raven Christians and dove Christians. Raven Christians, they do exactly what ravens do. Does, has anybody ever seen ravens? I think I saw a raven. I thought I saw a raven before I moved to Alaska, but realized that's a crow. Now, we have ravens. They're, they're, they're about as high as your knee. You know it's cold when you can see their breath. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You see the breath of a raven, you're like, um, winter's here. Ravens eat dead stuff. And there are people that are in churches and outside of churches, people in the world, they're raven type people that'll fly, land on dead stuff and pick on them, backbite, do all kinds of stuff like that. But then there's dove Christians, Christians that are, they're full of peace, full of love. And, and you know, doves are interesting. And I, and we talked about this Wednesday too. I have to be careful not to go into all of it because I want to talk about how to release miracles. But this is right previous to the text I want to read. And I feel like it's important just to survey it very quickly. Doves are interesting. They're a type uh, and a shadow of the Holy Spirit. They, they, they represent the Holy Spirit. I should say it that way. When Jesus is baptized, he goes underneath the water and when he comes up, the Holy Spirit comes like a dove. The dove is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about its wing feathers and its tail feathers. The Middle Eastern doves are very unique. They'll never land on troubled waters. How many of you know the Holy Spirit ain't going to come and land on your strife? If you have a house filled with strife, you'll have no, you'll have no outpouring of the Spirit. If you have no agreement, there's, there's no move of the Spirit. You, you've got to have peace. You, you have to cultivate that. We have a zero strife policy in my home. I have a zero strife policy in the church. We've at times passed. We don't have strife now, but if we ever do, we take care of it. Which is, you know, there's church discipline and correction. We lovingly rebuke some. Listen, you can't cause strife. You can't cause division. You can't do that here. If they continue, then we give them the right foot of fellowship with the love of the Lord. But most people, most people aren't aware that they're causing problems. So once they're corrected, you know, 
Occasionally, there's a bad apple every so often. You know, people are so bitter and angry, they just want to cause strife and fight against authority and do whatever they can. That, that won't work here. Amen. Uh, mostly when people, folks are corrected. How many of you enjoy correction? You ought to lift your hand because Proverbs says, he who hates correction is stupid. So if you're... That's the amplified version. How many of you like correction? The rest of you are stupid or do you like correction? Come on. Don't get mad at me. That's the Bible. Okay. So, so we talked about the dove and we talked about how immediately after in the text that we looked at, after Jesus overturns the doves, he cleanses, overturns the seat of those who sold the dove. I talked about how on Wednesday night, the Lord is coming to deal with those in seats of authority that control the moving of the dove, the moving of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I challenge you and challenge myself to take a good look at your life to see if there's any aspect within you that hinders the move of the Spirit of God. And if you have a set way of thinking, if you have strongholds or uh, a way of thinking that, that hinders the move of the Spirit, you had best deal with it because I believe God, by His Spirit, is kicking out the, kicking out the seats in our life, places of authority that will hold back the move of the Spirit of God. In the text that we chose when we read this, it says that then the lame and the halt came in and were healed. So now Jesus... Is, is coming back, and that brings us to our text. Verse 19. Let's all stand. You ready? We'll stand up. It'll be like cardio church for a second. When evening come, he went out of the city. Verse 20. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw a fig tree dried up from the roots. Now they had just, they passed this fig tree on the way into Jerusalem. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the tree which you curse has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you've done, what you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Popular passage of scripture, we do have notes for you. Fill in the blanks as we move along. Passage, uh, a f- popular passage of scripture. The fig tree that Jesus cursed when he's going into Jerusalem represented Israel. So he goes, and the fig tree represents Israel. He goes in to cleanse the temple, and as he's going into the city, he sees a fig tree, desires fruit from it, doesn't have any, and he curses that thing. He goes, he flips over the tables, he removes the chairs of those who sold the dove, he cleanses the temple, he's leaving the city, and he passes by the same fig tree again. When he sees the fig tree, all of the disciples that are with him look, and they're like, oh my gosh, the fig tree is now totally dead in just a day or two. It's totally dead, dried up from the roots. And Peter says, look, it's a tree that you cursed. What it was, was a prophetic act. It was a prophetic act 
towards Israel. They are wrapped up in money. They're wrapped up in greed. They're wrapped up in lust. And, and the Lord was saying to them, basically, there's no fruit on you. I'm going to deal with you. And he, that was a prophetic act, this picture of the fig tree. That's the context of the moment where a formula is released. Everybody say a formula. Okay, I'm not into formulas. Some of you know the Methodists were called Methodists because they had methods. And, and, and that's okay. Methods can work. But I mean, if you, if you dumb it down to just make it a method and you remove the heart of it, then you have a problem. Well, I believe, I'm sure there's some on fire Methodist churches, but mostly they've slidden into some sort of form of religion lacking the power thereof. Mostly. I'm sure there's some exceptions. I don't see too many on fire Methodists, but I'm sure they're out there. There's a remnant in every group. If you think you're the only one that's on fire, you, you know, once you start thinking you're the a pentacle of fire, you backslid. We all hungry, desperate, thirsty for God. Don't wander out of the way of understanding, as it says in Proverbs, because you'll end up resting in the congregation of the dead there's a place of understanding there's a place of fire and anointing that comes and it's an issue of the heart it's not an issue of the mind and i'm not into formulas but i like this because of how it how it comes it it, it comes to us by um, mama morocco and the formula you find right there at the end of the text we read and uh, I want you to fill your notes in. If you have those, they're available on the app. They're available by paper, should you so desire. That archaic method of pen and paper, you can, you can use that. The formula is very simple. Desire, but it's a desire. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. If you've been around here for any length of time, you've heard me say that before. Because it was poured into me when I was younger in the Lord. Mama Morocco is going to be with the Lord. In fact, my, my mom had an opportunity of, of helping her in times of, of real suffering and Alzheimer, lived in the Morocco home and helped Mama Morocco through a difficult season as she was failing uh, in, with Alzheimer's. But one of the things I can tell you about Mama Morocco was that she loved the Word and she loved praying. And every year, she did it even to the, the last years of her life, every year she'd buy a brand new Bible. And then she'd read the whole Bible through in a year, and then she would make all new notes. At the end of the year, she'd give away that Bible, and she'd go buy a new one, and she'd do it again, January through December, and she'd put all these new notes in. And the, the Dr. Morocco, the, the, the family there, they all have Bibles from their mom, and, and uh, inside one of the margins of Dr. Morocco's Bible that was given to him, it used to be his mother's, right at this text right here that we just read, in the side, in the margin, how many of you write in your Bible? It's, I think it's good to write in it. It's good to make notes in it. In the margin, it says desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Desire, where does that come from? Therefore, verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Wow. So I want to talk to you just a simple, give a message to you, a simple formula on how to have a miracle. How to have a miracle, how to release a miracle. The first thing is desire. It's based right on this verse right here. Desire, everybody say desire. Desire. Okay, so if you go to James 1, which you should go there, there's two kinds of desire. There's the evil kind. Evil desire, right? 
human, natural human desire. And you can fill that in fallen human desire. It's first guy. And then there's a desire born out of intimacy with God. Two kinds of desire. One is fallen and, and not good. And the other one is very good. So if you read James 1, and we'll take it from verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Verse 14, key verse. But each one is tempted when dragged away when by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. So that's the kind of desire you don't want to put in the equation. That, that's not how you get a miracle. That's how you get cursed. That's how you get death. You want death? Let your fleshly desires swirl, develop imaginations and thoughts that entice you, pull you away, get you into sin, and get you roadkill on the side of the Alcan. Now, the kind of desire, you know, we live in a fallen world. We really do. And, and you have a fallen human nature, and you need to keep that thing dead. The Apostle Paul said, reckon yourself. And that's not, well, I reckon, uh, no, that's declare, proclaim. You, you declare yourself dead, but alive to God, but your old man is dead. You need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ every day and tell your flesh, hey, you ain't, you ain't, leading, this, you ain't leading this troop. Listen, you're going to have to fight your flesh the rest of your life. So if you like, when is it over? It's over when you're dead. Then you don't have any more flesh. And hopefully you get to go to heaven because you believed on the Lord Jesus. Amen. You have a fallen human nature. It desires things that are contrary to the will of God. That's not the kind of desire I'm talking about. Two kinds of desire, fallen human desire. But then there's a desire that's born out of intimacy with God. What do you mean by that? I mean when you begin to draw close to God. When you begin to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, love correction. When you begin to seek his face, and that is what you want more than anything else. And what you want is his will more than anything else. Then it's kind of like he sees that and says, all you want is my will. And you're like, yeah. He's like, awesome. Is there anything you want? He begins to place in us desires and it desires. He pl- Listen, desire is the beginning of a miracle. Amen. Yes. If you take a look at what your desire is and, and if it matches up with the word, I, you can bet that it's from the Lord. You can bet it's from God. I have a desire to see my whole family saved. Is that the will of God? Yes. That none would perish, but all would come to repentance. That's a good desire. I have a desire to reach the villages. Is that, is that a good desire? That, that's a good desire. God wants to reach the villages too. You begin to, through your intimate walk with the Lord, begin to, your heart begins to be aligned with His. In actual fact, you begin to desire things that He desires. And that is where miracles can get birthed out of. That's the kind of desire I'm talking about. Not fallen human desire, but desire born out of intimacy with God. The ultimate is our desire. What do you mean? God should be the ultimate desire for each and every one of us. More of him. A giant, a bigger heart for him. Desire born out of prayer. You know, we just had a prayer meeting. Leadership time, we, we gathered many times. I'll teach a leadership lesson to our team of leaders. And by the way, 
That's not some select crew uh, that, that have to be handpicked. If you want to become a leader in this house, it's up to you. You can do it. You just got to take some very clear steps. And you can find out about that on the app. You get plugged into the process of raising up leaders. And you get plugged in. And you say, well, I just... Man, I just came off of a horrible thing. Well, go welcome, welcome into life and life abundant. He, he can change you. He can help you. He can make you into something that can change other people's lives. I was looking over at the Dukes. I hate to pick on you all the time, but I mean, you know, crazy. It's crazy. I look over you. I start crying. In fact, I was sitting next to my mother, finding my text. I said to my, I said to my mom, I said, how'd this happen? This is awesome. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? Well, for the Dukes, I mean, you guys were you guys were in big trouble, PTSD, and kicked out by the counselor. If the counselor kicks you out, how many of you know if your counselor says, "I'm not counseling you anymore," you probably have a pretty serious problem. Okay, obviously you guys never did any counseling, or maybe never. I'm just telling you, if you get kicked out, they say, "You don't listen. I can't help you. You need to hit the road." Okay, that's a sign that you have a serious problem. And so that's what they told you. Isn't that right, John? I'm going to go on to tell the rest of his testimony. But the truth of the fact is, he came in, busted, disgusted, messed up, sin, stuck. God set you free. Y'all got married. You blessed. Elevated at the workplace. Got your own house. You even drive a nice truck. It's not a Dodge, but, you know, praise the Lord. Is it a Dodge? Oh, well, you're really on fire now. Come on. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Ah. You got rid of that Chevy. You got touched by the Lord. See what happens? I'm just inviting you. I am inviting you. We need more leaders. So I'm inviting you. Come and start the process. And listen, everyone is invited to the process. It's called discipleship. If you're not being discipled by somebody, well, then you're really missing a very important ingredient, becoming mature in Christ. Desires born out of prayer. And we had a meeting upstairs, and we began to pray in the Spirit, you know, and we just, we probably prayed for 15 plus minutes in our heavenly language, prayed in the Spirit. And the peace and the presence of God just rolled into that place and God began to show me things. He began to give me some fresh vision over some areas of my life. Desire comes out of into godly desire comes out of intimacy with God that's born in prayer. That's where it's born. That's the kind of desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you'll receive them and you shall. And I said earlier, but here we go. See, God's desire becomes your desires. That's one of the ways you know that you're maturing. Is that your desires are no longer just, you know, all about you and, 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 and just some, some greedy, lusty thing. Your desires actually begin to match up with the Lord's. So when you begin to pray, actually you're praying the very thing that He wants you to do anyway. And it's really your deepest longing and desire. Because your heart's been changed. Are you hearing me? See, but if you pray things for your own foolish gain and greed then God's just going to pray that you get a heart change so that you can be converted and sanctified. He said, come on, you can, you know, the wonderful thing about prayer is he can say no. You know, I, mean, I love the fact that God can say no. He's not nervous. Amen. Dr. Morocco said to Dan Morocco, his father, he used to have that as oper- operatic 
operatic voice. He used to pray really loud, like some other people I know. And he said, hey, Dad, do you have to pray loud? God's not deaf. And his father turned to him and said, yep, and he's not nervous either, son. Love that. God's not nervous. See, when you pray and you spend time with God, your heart will be converted. Things will change. You'll begin to move and stir in your heart as you pray. And, and your desires will become God's desires. First John 3, turn there with me. First John 3, somebody getting touched by the Lord back there. First John 3, 21. Ah, yes! I love this place. I love this place. I love this place. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, oh, wait for it. Wait for it. All right. First John 3, 21. Beloved, he's talking to you and me. If our heart condemn us, then we have, if our, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, King James, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Let's read this again. Beloved, brethren, brothers and sisters, if your heart doesn't condemn you, you have confidence before God. What does that mean? That means that when you're coming before the Lord and he's like, you shouldn't have been a jerk when you were a jerk just outside before you came in here to be, you're like, oh, wow, well, yeah. Yeah, that's called, you're condemned, you're, you're convicted. Not condemnation. Condemnation, what the devil puts on you. Conviction is like, oh, snap. And then you have to go ask for forgiveness, right? That's your heart being condemned, con convicted, condemned. And the scripture is the same thing. Condemnation, the enemy puts on you where you're sorry, you repent. He's like, yeah, and you should know you always do that. And you were born to do that. And your mama did it. And you're going to do it your whole, that's condemnation. That's the devil. God would say, uh, you blew it. And you're like, oh, sorry. Yeah, you need to repent. And you need to go ask for forgiveness. You need to pay them the money back plus interest. Come on, someone say Amen. So if your heart does not condemn you, you have a confidence before God because of the blood. Verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. Listen, when you, if you love God, you'll obey his word. And if you love and obey him, obey his commandments, keeping his word, and you do the things that are pleasing in his sight, you will have prayer power that is beyond anything you've ever experienced before in your life. And some of you that have prayer power are doing that. So when you pray and God's moving, that's because you're loving him and do, keeping his word, you know, as best you can. But when you're, you're convicted, then you're repenting and you're moving. Like, the Lord, forgive me. Thank you, Jesus. I receive it. Would you forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. Thanks. God, I need some color. I need some cash. Lord, help me out right Thank you, Jesus. Do, do you get it? But your, your, God's desires become your desires as you grow in him. Go to 1 John 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, how do I know what his will is? Well, it's in the word. 
It's in the word. How about, how about if I should marry her or, or, or marry this other one? Well, you're going to have to get a revelation about that. And I suggest you pray hard and long. Make sure you hear from God. How do I know what school to go to? How do I know what class to take? How do I? You pray and let the Lord speak to you, lead you, guide you. Let the, let the dove, let the peace of God rule your heart. Be anxious for nothing. Press in and let him, let him lead you and guide you. Your desires as you grow in God, remember, desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. One of the ways that God leads you is through desire. Desire will come out of intimacy born with, with, in prayer with God, right? And that when you get that, when you pray, bam, fried chicken, it happens. How many of you like fried chicken? Let me tell the story of our property just very briefly. Uh, I could pick any number of tens of stories that our church has been through over the 30 plus years. I've heard the story from Dr. Morocco and the cane field. I've heard it more times, but I'm just going to bring it home and and use the, the, the journey and the miracles that we're all a part of here at this house. Property we owned... All those years ago was a great blessing. We had church in the barn. The church really had a hard time moving forward to carry its own weight. So it was carried financially by Maui for about nine or ten years. So they didn't have the financial strength to get beyond where they were at. So it stayed in a barn and we had this property payment and so on and so forth. And in time, the property values of Wasilla went up. We sold that property for $3.5 million dollars. We bought it for about seven fifty, sold for three point five. That's a good deal for the church. Amen. We sold it. We purchased this building and released the rest to purchase, or on the way to purchase and renovate a shopping center in the Neo Valley Shopping Center. That seed that went into the shopping center eventually, over time, eventually became a property that just a year ago, this last June became 100% debt-free, an asset of $21 million. We owed, we owed a large portion, but we condominiumized it. For all of you real estate people that know what that means, we sold off a whole portion of it, but we kept 30,000 square feet and a 7-Eleven. And we're in that place, and we have not one payment that has, oh, we have a CAM payment common area maintenance charges. How many of you know what that is? That's for, they don't have plowing in Hawaii. They have whatever they have. God bless them. So we're in 30,000 square feet debt free. Do you know the seed that helped that happen came right from this house? And so now time goes by. The church grows. We're, it's clear that we're going to need another building because we've outgrow, we're going to outgrow. This is years ago now, about three years, four years ago. We knew that we were going to outgrow this one, so we began to look for property. Couldn't find it, but I had a desire. Just had a, I have a desire to see a great revival. I have a desire to see hundreds and thousands and thousands and thousands of people touched by the power of God. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. I'm so thankful for what God's doing in this region. There's a lot of wonderful churches, but God has called us here to be a part of the universal body of Christ and given us a unique calling and purpose and destiny in it. And so while we're thankful for the body, we're going to do everything we can to do our part. 
And as we're growing, we're out of out of space. We begin to look for a place. I'm saying, God, you showed me this great revival. You spoke to me when I was in the island of Kauai, minding my own business as I was praying. You gave me a vision. You gave me a desire. I'm bringing a great revival to Alaska. Leave Kauai. Move there. I want you to be a part of it. In the same way that there's a pipeline from the North Slope to Valdez pumping oil into vessels and it basically goes all over the world. I am going to release the golden oil of Zechariah. This is what he said to me. I'm going to release the golden oil of Zechariah and it's going to flow throughout the state and it's going to the nations of the world. I've called you to be a part of it. Go. As I was shaking by a sign called the AI. So there's a whole bunch about the AI, just like the city in the time of Jericho and Joshua. So I said yes, and I ended up here, almost froze to death in a truck, but I had in my heart, I had in my heart to see a revival. T- I'm not here because it's a job. I'm not here because I just like Alaska. I didn't like Alaska when I moved here. I kind of wonder what I was going to have. What am I doing? You leave revival. I mean, like, Kauai is one of the most incredible places. If you haven't been there, I'm telling you, it's amazing. It was beautiful. The church was just pumping on fire. Two different churches. God interrupts me and says, go. I felt like Philip being snatched out of revival. We had a property. We're going to build a building. The same thing, basically. And no, go. Leave. Pastor Vince is going to take the helm. We go off to Alaska. I lift my hands that fateful night outside the church apartment, 10 below zero in a snowstorm. And I said, oh, God. And all I could hear is, you are stupid. I was like, no, 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 no. You're stupid. You left an on-fire church for this. I'm like, ah, God. I had a desire for revival. I had this desire that he placed in my heart, not of my flesh. I've fallen in love with Alaska. You couldn't pry me out of here. He called me to the state. He called me here. I love it. And so from that, I had this desire and we prayed. And as the church grew, I knew there's no way we can fulfill that desire in this building. So we began to pray. Dr. Morocco began to pray. Many of you began to pray. And my son at the time, I think he was 10, insisted. How many of you know when your kids are insisting? I don't mean like an insisting spoiled child. I mean insisting like I really want to go. I re- we really got to go. Dad, we got to go to the old church property. It was a Monday. And for most preacher, Monday is like more resignations happen in churches across America on Mondays. No, you need to know that. On Monday, you don't want to get counsel from me on Monday. I'm just telling you, Monday, you just don't, you know. Talk, call Pastor Vince. We call him Pastor Vince the Merciful. His number is 907. <laughs> Monday is just like drained out. Monday is like my Sabbath day, except this week. So Monday, you know, it's Monday. So we go to a movie and it's my family time. I'm going to spend time with my family, spend time with my kids and my wife. And my kids were homeschooled and they'd had Monday off. And it was like family day on Monday. That's what it was. So it's Monday. We see a movie 
and I'm going to go home and nap. It's the most glorious nap on Monday. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Your day off, you're able to get a nap. Am I, am I getting old? I'm not. Say no, you're not. Say it. Okay. So I, I'm going to go rest on Monday. That's what I want to do. We're out of the movie, and Daniel's like, Dad, we need to go to the church property. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. But there's, un- there's a unanimous decision in the truck. Oh, yeah. Let's all go. I'm like, what? And I said, how come? He goes, I don't know. I thought, he had that look. He had that look that you get. My son's got this crazy prophetic gift. Crazy. I'm not kidding. It'll be twice whatever God has given me. Two times. Double portion. Double portion. Come on, that's the way you should believe for your kids. And I, I believe that's true. It says the Lord. Double portion. I just got touched. Praise God. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm talking about how to release a miracle. Talking about releasing miracle. Desire. Had a desire. God spoke to my heart. Going to bring a revival. Golden oil of Zechariah. Go. Great things happened. Now we need a property. Can't find one. Can't find a building. Looking for it. I should say that Dr. Morocco, about six or eight months before that, said, you ought to go look at our old property. I went and looked. It's worth $4 million. I said, nope, that's not God. And we moved on. And it wasn't God for $4 million either. And the timing wasn't God either. We looked, we called, no, didn't feel led, all of that. Now a 10-year-old tells me, go. We need to go there. And, uh, you know, I just somehow, by a miracle of God, listened. Oh, for real. And I was just like... Okay, no nap right now. Let's go to the old church property. I wasn't really excited about it, but I was willing. I didn't know why. It's just he wanted to go. So did Hannah. So did Karen, Pastor Karen. We drove up there. Sad. It was, it was sad. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons I didn't want to go. I rolled up to see this barn completely defiled. People doing all kinds of unspeakable things in the barn. Every window blown out, property overgrown. Place used to be just absolutely beautiful. It's totally unkept and hasn't been touched in like eight years. Every wild thing growing everywhere. Got out of my truck, sort of like, man, this is sad. Got out, put my foot on the ground. The second I put the foot on the ground, shut the truck door. I was like, whoa, Lord. And I thought to myself at that time, must be a resonant anointing or something. I started to suspect maybe something was up. You know, anytime you feel God's power and presence on you, you should start paying really close attention to what's going on. He said, well, I don't know what it means to feel his power and presence. Stick around. Keep, keep, keep. If your heart convicts you, repent. Keep seeking God. Keep praying. Keep pressing in. He'll overtake you and he'll lead you and guide you. So he's, we, I got, the kids got out of the car and Pastor Karen stayed in there, the truck praying. We stepped through all the tall weeds, pushed the door open, went into the barn, went into what was the sanctuary. It was about calf deep in construction debris and hydraulic oil and parts and all kinds of stuff. And I stood there and I told the kids the sound booth was up there and the chairs. Many of you heard this over and over, but some of you need to hear it again. 
chairs. I said, the chairs went this way and the chairs went that way. And I said, and the, and the pulpit was about, and I looked. I said, worship team was back in here. The drums were there. I said, the pulpit was right about here. And I stood there and I said, wow. I was overwhelmed at what God had done, that he brought us from that little barn. And we were hundreds of people back then. And I thought, wow, God, you're awesome. And there, you know, the kids are walking around kicking stuff and being kids. And I lifted my hands as I recall and just said, Lord, thank you for what you're, I didn't even get to say one more thing. I get, thank you for what you, and he said, I'm giving it back to you. He spoke to me in the middle of my prayer. It's God is my witness. That's what happened. It might have been audible, but I don't think my kids heard it. But I said to them, I said, man, God just told me he's given us the property back. I thought, that's incredible. That's $4 million. That's in Papa Papa. Amen. I'm thinking that's impossible. How many of you know nothing's impossible with God? But when an impossible thing comes to your face and God said he's going to do it, make sure you don't say that's impossible because you could remove the, the miracle. So here I have this desire that's born out of intimacy with God. God leads us supernaturally. And, and, and here's a moment of faith. And I had to minus some doubt. Yes. I'm thinking, well, how's he? I don't know. Amen. Give us the property back. Yes, Lord. I told the kids and they're like, oh, cool. <laughs> oh, cool. As we walked off kicking some more stuff and whatever. I went outside. I got on the phone. I called our real estate agent. I told him what happened. He called on it. It had been get, returned to the bank and was available to be sold for us for a million dollars. We snatched it before a developer could. And God has absolutely done a miracle by giving us that property. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. All right, let's, let's look at this. Desire is the seedbed of your miracle. So let me ask you, what do you want? What do you want in your life that, God, that you know that God wants you to have? What is it? What is it that you desire that you know is God's will? You match it up with the word and you realize, man, I've got a desire for, what could it be? For the single man, maybe it's to find a godly wife. He who finds a wife finds a good thing receives favor from the Lord. Maybe, maybe it's to have children. Maybe, maybe it's to start a business. Maybe you have a desire to start a business so that you can prosper and help other people to prosper. I, I don't know what the desire is. Maybe it's desire to get your degree. I mean, you got to pray. God will show you. God will speak to you. But desire is the seedbed of miracles. So I'm asking you tonight, what do you want in your life? What do you want? You know that God wants you to have it. That, that's good. It's not a human Desire, not a fallen human nature desire. It's a desire born out of intimacy with God. He causes us to will and act according to his good pleasure. Is that, is that Philippians, doctor? I, I think so. He causes us to will and act, to will and act. Causes us, he causes me. Some of you don't meditate. That's I, like a little rabbit trail for a second. Some of you don't meditate on the word. Let me just teach you. The, 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 the pagans tried to take it. But meditation was born from the Lord. To meditate on the word. Here, that I, I, one of you scholars can go look up. It causes us to will and act according to his good pleasure. It says Philippians something. If you want to get your Google out and yell out the scripture as soon as you get it, that'd be great. Causes me. He causes me. He causes me to will. He causes me to will. Let's just think about that for a second. So God touches me in such a way that I begin to have a desire. I begin to will. I want something. He causes me to will. And he causes me not only just to will, but causes me to act, causes me to do something, causes me to move forward. 
will and act according to his good purpose. That's a fantastic scripture. What is it? So Philippians 2.13. Can you put it on the screen? For it is God who works in you both to will and to do. I love that version. To will and to do for his good pleasure. Fantastic. So God's at work in me as I seek him. He brings these desires born out of intimacy, born in prayer. And that desire is the seedbed for a miracle. What do you want to have happen in your life, in your ministry, in your church, in your family? What do you want? Figure it out. Make a list. Write it down. Check it twice. What do you want? What, what do you what do you want? What do you really want God to do? What has He dropped in you? Come on, some of you are like, Lord, you know I want that new Dodge Hellcat. But I don't like the name Hell. But I still want one anyway. <laughs> okay, that's your flesh, okay? Unless, of course, it's the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. God will speak to you. Desire is a seedbed of miracles. What do you want? And let me ask this, let me ask this question. Are you in sin? See, because the whole thing gets derailed if you have sin in your life. You can't even... Tr- listen, if you have active... on, Listen to me. Listen, read my white lips. If you have active, ongoing, willful sin in your life, then that, that is a door that's open to the enemy, and the enemy can operate in you and your desires and things, and you don't even, you can't even hardly tell which one is God and which one isn't. You'll be so confused, and you'll be like, Lord, you don't do anything for me. He's like, put the gun down. Do you have entry points for the devil to come mess with you? It's my life, I can do what I want to. Yeah, you can, you ugly thing. And you'll end up jacked up and messed up and not walking in promises and wonder where the power of the Lord is. Wonder why God doesn't keep the promise for you. When you've been in rebellion for the past 10 years, He's told you to do something. You continue to smoke. You continue to do the thing He told you to quit. I'm preaching better than your amen. And He told you to stop doing that. He told you to get right. He told you to get off the porn side. Look at your neighbor and say, man, this is, this is fun tonight. <laughs> Are you living righteously and praying about what you want? Live righteously, pray for these desires. Pray, put it to prayer. Put it to prayer. The miracle of our property didn't happen in one day. We were praying. We were asking God, we need another place. We're, Lord, I mean, that's a year process. And then, bam. Come on, are you actively praying? Are you actively participating? What do you want? Are you in sin? Are you living righteously, praying about what you want? What has God said? What did he say he's going to do? What did he say? I'll tell you what he said he's going to do. He's going to bring a massive revival. It's going to be like the golden oil of Zechariah chapter 4, flowing all over the state, down into Canada, across over into Russia. God's going to bring a great revival to here, and I believe America and the Northwest, it's going to sweep. There's going to come the, listen, it ain't over yet. How do you know it's not over? Because the fullness of the Gentiles has not come yet. So I don't think it's over yet. I don't think we've seen there's got to be a great falling away, and I don't think there's been a great gathering yet. So if there hasn't been a great gathering, how can you have a great falling away? I'm telling you the best is yet to come. God's going to pour out his spirit. 
I want to be a part of it. I'm a part of the end time, last generation of revival. I believe that. And uh, even if you don't, it's your last generation because you're going to die. All right? So, desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Let's look at the second part, plus faith. Watch this. This is a Dr. Morocco quote. I love it. It's so simple. Faith is the action that you take on your way to fulfilling your hope or the action that you take on the way to fulfilling your desire. Let's make it very simple. I had a desire for a place to be the hub for this outpouring that God is going to give us. I had a desire for that. Okay, that's good. I pray into it. Then there comes a moment of faith. What was that? That's me praying every day, driving around, looking at properties, calling real estate agents. We looked at a place in Palmer. I looked at where the new Fred Myers is. I walked that building. I looked at that building. The Lord said no. The cars, before it became free, before it got demoed. I looked at that. Had Dr. Morocco looked at it. I laid my hands on Sears. That might be ours yet. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. But we had laid our hands on Sears. I just felt like, man, there's going to be a church here. Maybe it was just off by about 50 yards. I don't know. Some of you get so like, oh, that can't be God because you weren't standing in the exact place. And that's like 50 yards away. So listen, just relax. Just chill. Desire plus faith. Faith is the action you take on the way to your desire. Let's talk about a desire to have a house. So if you have a desire to own your own home, but you don't own one, you start taking steps of faith. What does that look like? Repair your credit. Pay your debtors back. Start working on it, on getting a good credit. Start saving your money. Put a little bit aside. Start looking at houses. Get Realtor.com on your phone. Start looking at all the houses that are coming up. Study maybe about foreclosures or whatever. Let the Lord lead you. But start. Faith is the action you take on the way to your miracle. Faith is the action that you take. Pardon me on the way to your desire. Minister Mike was believing for a house. He looked, he prayed, he believed, he lives right down the street in the cutest little place. God bless you. He owns his own house. Got a little baby on the way. You got married too. That's good. You got married before the baby. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. That's the right way. It was a white wedding. Glory to God. I look at you, Minister Mike, and I remember a partially rebellious kid that just came in to help me pull up carpet. I can't even go there. I, I just can't even. I think about what God has done through people who will just obey, who will, who will serve Him and not be filled with their own self-will run riot and will learn to put their hand to the plow and not look back. Learn to just let the desires of God well up in them through an intimacy of the Holy Spirit and that desire begins to swirl and you begin to pray and then you add faith to it, which is action. Yes. Remember when you live with the capos and you have two nickels to rub together and you'd show up in morning prayer. You longed to be in full-time ministry so you volunteered hundreds and hundreds of hours believing one day and now God has anointed you to, to lead a, a group of kids. You're going to have a revival. You'll be over a hundred kids this, this year. It never would have happened if you just quit. Remember when he lived in your house? year and a half he lived with you. Uncle Mike, huh? Yeah. Desire plus faith. Faith is the action that you take on the way to your desire. Come on, James talks about faith. Faith without works is dead. You get to sit on your couch of your pleasures and, 
and, and pray all you want. You have to get off your duff and begin to take action. So you begin to look for a house. You begin to take your steps of, steps of faith. You, you, you pray. You, you take action. That's what faith is. Desire plus faith. Faith is standing on what God has done. Look at your notes. I'm almost finished. Faith is standing on, on what God has done. What has God done? One of the reasons we testify is we overcome the devil by the blood of a lamb and the word of our testimony and loving our lives, not so much as to shrink from death. Feed on God's miraculous power in other people's lives. Feed on the faithfulness of God that he's done through the dukes, through, through Minister Mike, through my life, through others. Get to know people. Talk with them. What has God done for you? Think about the outpouring that took place. Talk about how he healed you, how you had a broken neck, how you didn't know which way to go, how you were addicted, how you were afflicted, how you were lost as a goose in a hailstorm. Come on, just blinking like a West Texas frog. Oh, but God in his mercy reached across and snatched you out, didn't he? Didn't he just snatch you out? And when you tell the story, it releases faith. For the, 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 the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It releases faith for God to do it in the people that are here. I'm telling you, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what has happened to you, you can prosper. You can be filled with joy. You don't have to be tormented. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be afflicted. You don't have to be busted. You don't have to be disgusted. You can walk in freedom and joy and power and zeal. Yeah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, you can. Yes. When you hear those testimonies, you feed on what God has done. What has God done in the past? And if you're like, he hadn't done nothing for me, you're still breathing. <laughs> Faith is standing on what God has done. How about read the word? Read the word and look what he's done in other generations at other times. Because what he does in other times and other generations, he can do in this generation right now. Minus doubt. You ready? Minus doubt. We're, we're going through the equation. We're getting to the miracle part. Some people are like, I just want the miracle. It doesn't work like that. How to release a miracle. Desire. Plus plus faith minus equals let me give you some insight into doubt Jesus says doubt in your heart doubt is a divided heart doubt doubt's not unbelief unbelief and doubt are not the same thing doubt, doubt, is, doubt is between faith and unbelief in your notes doubt is a place between unbelief and faith if you have doubt, it's actually not all that bad. But you got to get rid of it. Because if you, if you allow yourself to stay in a place of doubt, you're not going to see miracles released. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. How we doubt. Very quickly, seven points of how we doubt. We forget to fight. What do you mean by that? You need to fight. You need to take every thought captive. Are you listening? Bump your neighbor and say, listen up right now is how to get rid of some doubt. You need to fight. You need to drive it out of your mind. I mean, I, I've had the most insane things take place in my head in times of difficulty, in times of pain, in times of turmoil. The enemy will come and say, the word of God is not really the word of God. You know you're faking. Everything you're doing is fake. It doesn't even come to me like that anymore. 
If you've heard that before, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Welcome to being a life of a believer. The enemy wants to whisper to you, wants to sow doubt. You need to tell him to shut up. You need to silence him. Don't talk with the devil. That's how Eve got in trouble. Don't talk with him. Command him to be silent. We forget to fight sometimes. We forget that we're in a battle. We forget right now that we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers. I'm going to tell you, the devil wants to put a chokehold on you. He wants you to tap out and quit. He wants us to throw in the towel. He doesn't want us to have victory. Don't forget to fight. Everybody say, don't forget to fight. We have a distorted picture of God. Many people don't have a right perspective on the Lord. And I will tell you that you will never have that until you embrace this as the living, enduring Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will remain forever. And you can have all kinds of thoughts and ideas that are contrary to this. He's not obligated to stand over them, not one, not whatsoever. You know God by knowing His Word. Or you can be like those in the book of Romans chapter 1 who make up a God of their own understanding. Four-footed creatures and things that they worship because they refuse to glorify God, though they know that He exists. You can look at a flower and know that because of looking at a flower, there's got to be God. You can look at the fingerprints of a little child and a little toenail that comes out of your, your beautiful newborn child and say, man, there's no way this came from an ape. This, this, is, this is the Lord. God knit this child together there's no excuse no one has an excuse but if you want to grow in God you've got to get the word deep down in the city of your soul you've got to renew your mind through learning the word but not just learning it you've got to act on it 50% of the renewal of your mind is learning the word listen 50% at best is learning this the other 50% comes by acting on it you don't ever act on it you're not really renewing your life renewing your mind You'll have a distorted picture. I mean, you should hear the nonsense. I have people tell me. You know, I went and I got a reading from this psychic. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you. And the only reason that, that, that there's psychic thrivings is because the prophetic mantle hasn't been picked up from people to pay the price to really bring the word of the Lord. Call 1-800-IDIOT because you can't get a word in the church. You can't get a word of wisdom. That's not the case here. And that's not the case in lots of places across the valley, praise the Lord. But it is the place. It is the case in some places. The church needs to come alive so that people don't go to psychics. It would be great if, if, the, if the police called and asked for wisdom about solving a case or a crime because we know, wouldn't that be great? You'll have a distorted picture of God if you don't learn the word. Our foundation in faith is weak. That's another reason that people doubt, because they've not really built a firm foundation on the word. And uh, they've never really made a real commitment, number four. If you never make a really a real commitment to God, don't expect to walk in the power of the Spirit. If you don't make him the Lord of all, he's not the Lord at all. And you can come to church and, and you can whistle and clap and jump and shout and even pray in tongues. But you don't give him that secret place. You don't give him that, that dark corner of your life because you're just going to keep that. And you just want to pet that and stroke that because that's your little thing. That's okay. God knows I, I've got this thing. And it's all right. My precious. Just shoot that thing. Come all the way into Jesus.
just jerk that smoke wagon and send it on to hell. <laughs> oh, I gotta hurry up. We never people never really make a real commitment, so that's why they're wishy-washy because they've never really committed. And so they're down. Ah, ah, We don't move in faith. People don't move in faith. And if you don't learn to move in faith, then you're going to have doubt that just tries to overtake you because you never really take any steps. Our emotions have a tendency to trip us up. Number six, talking about how to, how we doubt emotions. Listen, your emotions are highly overrated. And if you marry somebody based on your emotions, you're a fool. Don't ever don't marry anybody based on emotions. You, you look at, you look at someone's life and you line it up and you go, okay, they love God with all their heart, mind, and soul to strength. But that's number one. We got a winner. Call them here. All right, they're submitted. They're, I mean, you can make a list. I would encourage you to make a list of the things that you want in a husband or in a or in a uh, or or you know a wife. Thank you. I got it. Wife. Thank you, brother Wally. How many of you know that's in the Bible? It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Okay, praise God. But our emotions have a way, you know. Oh, he's so handsome, and oh, he's so fine, and. That all changes in a few years. <laughs> yeah, as Pastor Phil says, he says, I used to just be this strapping young man. It's just really strong, 50-inch, powerful chest muscles. And then I got chest of drawer disease. <laughs> so what's that? So when your chest follows in your drawers. <laughs> funny story it's uh has nothing to do with the message <laughs> pastor phil is a big man and uh he wears suspenders and all that so he goes in through the, the tsa he tells the story so he wouldn't mind me telling and they and they sent him through the you know the scanner this is when tsa first kind of came out sent him through the scanner and they're like you can't wear any belts no suspenders you got he said no, i gotta hold my pants up said, well you can hold your pants up for now but you know they're gonna scan you. you're gonna have to lift your hands he says you don't understand I got to hold, I, I need them. No, no, just, he's like, all right, fine. Pulls the belt off, you know, goes into the scanner. Goes in, and the guy says, lift your hands. He's like, you sure about that? Says, lift your hands, he's all. Whoosh, his drawers come down, there he is. Standing in his Superman boxers, right in front of everybody. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if he had Superman boxers on, but he is a super, he is a Superman. Our emotions trip us up. This is very important. Number seven, everybody say it's seven's important. Yeah. We've not allowed our past hurts to be healed. Oh my gosh, we could have a whole service on that. So many people are wounded because of past steppings in faith that didn't come to pass. Or they believe that God spoke to them, but there was a miss somehow, or they weren't connected, or the wasn't, season wasn't right, and they stepped out on the water, and they drowned, Mom! They drowned! They drowned. And so at the bottom of the ocean, at the bottom of the ocean, and they're like, Lord, do you even love me? And somehow, they're in church tonight because I know that the Lord loves them. <laughs> I ain't stepping out of the boat again. 
I love you. I'm staying in the boat. You let somebody else step on it. Let somebody else go to the village. Let somebody else do the giving. Let somebody else. Because the last time I stepped in faith, I drowned. And I remember the water filling my lungs. And I remember the deep darkness and nobody reaching out to help me. I remember being alone. I remember failing. I remember people laughing at me. All the deep hurts. Many people are in doubt because they don't get healed of their hurts. Listen, if you want to end up living underneath your table of your kitchen with your head over your hands all your life, that's up to you. But I would suggest that you don't do that. I would suggest you shake it off and come back and let him heal you. Maybe you weren't connected right. What do you mean by that? I've known people that had these incredible plans, even desires from the Lord, but they weren't connected in the body right. And they had this idea and it wasn't quite right. It wasn't quite together. And as a result, they went off half-cocked. Do you know what that means? They went, off, they went off, they weren't ready. And they failed. And so then they blamed God, but really that a hair, they had a great idea, but a harebrained plan. And their business plan was poor, and their planning was poor, and their due diligence was poor. They didn't do their part to actually see it successful. They just thought that God should ride down on a cloud. Yeah, ride down on a cloud and just hook you up because you had a great idea. You can have a great idea and it can fail. You need to be connected right. You need to have desire plus faith minus doubt. It'll equal a miracle. But in that context... You have to have people that will relate to you and tell you and speak to you. And Come on, it's important to have people in your life that tell you you're ugly. You know what I'm talking about? It's important to have people that will help you. I'm preaching too long, but I think somebody's getting something. We've, got, we've not allowed our past hurts to get healed. And last equals a miracle. Everything you see here is a miracle. Everything. You're a miracle. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're a miracle. I'm a miracle. You're a miracle. We're all miracles. There's a miracle from Cleveland. (laughs) Come on, lift your hands all across this place. You can walk in supernatural power. You can take territories. You can take land. You can start businesses. You can prosper and, and, and flourish and live the life and life abundant that God's intended for you. It starts with desire. God will give you desire born out of intimacy, not your fallen human nature, not a hellcat flesh desire, a desire that's born from God, born from His presence as you pray, and He'll speak to you. Desire plus faith. Faith is the action you take on the way to your desire that's looking for the house. It's praying for the wife. It's it's doing your part. It's doing your part. Desire plus faith minus doubt. Put doubt down. Don't go on. Don't stop fighting. Get rid of a distorted view of God. Get your view of God based from the Word of God and act on it. Doubt your doubts. Command doubts to shut up. I, I'm going to tell you regularly. I'll just say ah no no. No, drive it out. Take every thought captive and make it obedient. Don't allow those things to swirl. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Stand up on your feet, won't you? Lift your hands to heaven. I've preached too long already. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word. Oh, 
You need a miracle. If you need a physical miracle, we'll pray for those. First, you need a physical miracle. Come to the front. Come on, there's nothing on TV you can eat later. Come on, just come right now. Jesus did it all. You turn me up a little bit in the monitor, a little bit more. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Jesus came, died on a cross, rose again from the grave. He took the curse of sin, hell, and death. He did it. He took it all. He took it all so that we can have power, so that we can walk in authority, so that we can have life and life abundant. Come on, lift your hands. You need a miracle right now. No matter what it is, lift your hands and begin to talk to Jesus. Lord, right now, right now, in the name that's above every other name, we stand commanding every assignment of darkness. I need ushers, please. My volunteer ushers, thank you. You came, you did it all. We stand on the finished work of the cross tonight. Sickness, you must go. Disease, you must go. Torment, you must go. Deception, we command you to go. Delusion, those that are delusionary, God, those that are walking in delusion, lift that from them. Scales fall from people's eyes. Even now, in the name of Jesus, loose the working of miracles. Loose the working of miracles right now. Come on, church, pray with me. Just a moment longer, we're done. Loose the working of miracles. We lose the working of miracles. Right now. Right now. Oh, yep. That's it. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. This sister right here had MS. Was shutting her body down, and she was losing, and she got totally healed. You totally healed, isn't that right? Totally healed of that. Who healed you? God. He did, didn't he? What are you believing for now? Stuff. <laughs> Lift your hands. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Be healed. Be free. Jesus. 
preacher. The preacher. Right now, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. prophesy that to you again corporately corporately I tell you I am bringing says the Lord miracle power through your hands that are beyond anything you've ever seen before it's going to be at the doors it's going to be at the visitations and it's going to be in the house I'm putting a now word like a, a word of faith on the inside of you that's going to burn like a fire shut up in your bones is over you over you I see like a giant flood of provision I see a giant flood of provision just waiting to drop. There's some things you need to do, and as you do it, as you press in in your time in the prayer closet, doing things he already spoke to you, and as you do that, you will see it. You will see it. You will see it. Touch. Restoration, miracle. Not just to shoulder everything. Restoration. Restoration. Restoration.
on, lift your hands. Lift your hands to heaven. God we serve. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. So in your life, don't forget it. Write it, write it on the inside of your of your Bible. Write it on the on the tablet of your heart. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a desire born out of intimacy with God and prayer. Plus faith. Faith is what you do on the way to your desire. It's the action you take. You can say you have faith all you want, but if you're not moving forward towards that, which he said to you, then your faith is lacking. Faith does stuff. Desire plus faith minus doubt. Get healed of your hurts. Fight. Banish doubts. Doubt's not unbelief. It's the place of... It's the place of between faith and unbelief. Doubt your doubts. Banish them. Take every thought captive. Don't have a distorted view of God. Understand who He is. Understand who you are. That'll change everything. Trust His leadership. If you don't trust His leadership, then you'll be ticked off that He didn't do the thing for you last year or this year when He didn't want to do it to you until next year. Trust Him. Trust His leadership. Trust His timing. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals walk in miracle power it's yours bring the kingdom to the earth do it don't shrink back can you say amen lift your hands to heaven if you're not right with god why don't you get right with him right now repent if you're not right with god repent those of you online give your heart to jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him come on say with me say dear heavenly father thank you for sending your son jesus to die in my place and to rise from the grave for me forgive me of all my sin Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen.
Let me pray for you and then we'll close. Holy Spirit, I pray. Touch, bless, heal, encourage, strengthen all of us. That you would cause us to will and act according to your good purpose. That we, God, would walk in godly desires that are filled with faith and terminating doubt. And you would release miracles of provision, miracles of healing, miracles of breakthrough, miracles of your kingdom this week and beyond. That will have far-reaching effects even to eternity. Now bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.